0: Time has come for you to be the change you want them to be, yeah No more running around filled with all hypocrisy, yeah It starts from the inside, it spreads wide And everything will be alright Just know that it will be alright It will be alright It will be
3: alright It be alright oh, in
0: the morning It will be alright yeah. hey. Yo, join the conversation. Hashtag Marshall's Play.
2: Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We want to hear what you guys have to say.
0: You can also help us build community by becoming a patron on patreon.com slash Plate. By contributing to this podcast, you help us continue our powerful work to change culture one episode at a time. So, let's get started. No, 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 no. Before we get started, let me ask you a question. Do you know in your whole network of people, any black trans women of color, If you don't, I'm going to need you to get it together. (laughs) But if you do, and they are out here doing the work, guess what? I might have some coins for them, honey. Ow! So TransFaith is a national nonprofit organization that is led by transgender people. I, your girl Diamond Styles, is one of those people. We are a multi-traditional, multi-racial, multi-gendered, multi-generational organization working to support transgender spirituality and cultural workers and the leadership within our community. We work closely with many allied organizations, secular, spiritual, religious, transgender led or otherwise. We believe that the experiences and spiritual vitality and leadership of people of trans experience make our communities stronger and more vibrant. We bring people together to develop conversations, strategies, community in order to help us reach all people and reach our full potential. And we can't reach our full potential without being included in the community. And we can't reach our full potential sometimes without a little bit of coins (laughs) to start our projects. So TransFaith created the Minister Bobby Jean Baker Awards. This award was created to honor the life of Minister Bobby Jean Baker. Bobby Jean Baker was a black trans woman that was murdered by a drunk driver running a red light on new year's in 2014 before her life was cut short bobby devoted much of her time to work with several bay areas nonprofit organizations she served in various roles including a peer advocate case manager domestic violence specialist and a house manager and she just had so much breadth of contribution to that community that it resonated across the country so now Transfaith has created an award to be honored to up-and-coming community builders of the black trans feminine experience do you know anybody like that do you know anybody out here community building that might need a little bit of coins and have them hit us up it's money girl come on We have three categories that they can apply for. We have social justice and community mobilization. That's one. Number two is leadership development. Number three is academic theological education. If you don't know what any of those are, (laughs) then go to the website and read the descriptions and see what fits your work. Or The work that you want to start So one more time For the people in the back That may not be listening Yeah you 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 don't have to be trans To pass this along to somebody That you know is trans That could use a little boost You Do you know somebody Who is doing great work in the community That could use a little bit more funding Do you know somebody who has a plan to start some work in community building and they need a little bit more resources, a little bit more money. We have some for them. Go apply applicants when you go apply do not be scared to let us know who you are do not be scared and be worried about applying and you not spelling the words right you not your sentence structure ain't right you got to be all academic with the shit don't worry about that that's this is not that type of organization we want you to show us who you are and do it the best you can thank you don't be worried about don't let it intimidate you go apply if you out here in these stealth streets, don't worry about us outing you. If you community building behind the scenes and you need a little bit of help, we got you. We got you too. You are part of the community. You just on the low. We We understand. You don't have to worry about that. Apply. If you non-binary, you might not identify fully with the trans label, but you non-binary, apply, baby. Come through. The deadline is March 1st. The link is in the bottom. All right. Let's get started. Hello. Hey. Hello. Uh, can I don't hear you. Say that again, Z. Hello. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> I thought it was fucking up. Oh, anyway, well, the
2: New Year is here. It is. Yes.
0: Yeah. New year, new me. The same old bitch <laughs> Over here yeah. <laughs> um, yeah this year I didn't feel that New year's spirit Like I normally feel Really every year. Me either it, it, it,
2: I don't it, think it, a lot of people did A lot of people Was in their living rooms
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah I was like Feel It wasn't I Like I wasn't
0: depressed Or nothing I just didn't
2: I just didn't feel like Going out uh, Yeah
0: Cause we went out last year
2: mm-hmm. But yeah I was like yeah. mm-hmm. I'm gonna sit this one out It's kinda <laughs> cold It's cold And Last night Wore my inflated. pussy out Bitch <laughs> she was frozen Yeah
0: I had yeah, to yeah, Thaw her cold. out When
2: I got home
0: Yeah me, When we went out last year Mia was naked Baby <laughs> Listen the rest of the kids was
1: bundled
2: up She <laughs> <laughs> was He was bundled up this time in the house Dang, Right yeah. in the house
0: <laughs> Um. So The hot button topic Of this week is Hot button
1: topic I never heard of that one
2: that motherfucking R. Kelly. R. Kelly documentary baby Woo. The I haven't got, have not seen it yet, but the, the way that tea is set up, it's like I'm, I'm in dire need of the ingredients. Like I have to find somewhere I can watch <laughs> it for free. Cause Lifetime pulled her right off the shelf. As, you took them off, mm, the,
0: off the website?
2: I haven't, I tried to go, up, maybe it's back up, but I, the last time I seen it, when I Googled it, uh-huh. i seen that um r kelly's talking about suing uh, lifetime so i was like oh this is some tt so i went to go try to go to the website to view it because you know sometimes they have it on the website and they say it said <laughs> <laughs> it's unavailable
0: oh <good> it's it on down <laughs>
2: right on off yeah. so if if you if you have it by chance slide it my way <laughs> <laughs>
0: Like if it's on some fucking um website. I'm sure it's somewhere. It's I out. it's somewhere. I pulled
2: out all my witchcraft. I could I couldn't I couldn't do it. I couldn't find it nowhere.
0: So Z, because you are the youngest out of this group, mm-hmm. what is your cultural connection to R. Kelly? What is like what does a twenty one year old you're twenty one, right?
1: 22
0: Okay cool So 22 What is a 22 year old What is like What is your view on R. Kelly What In his history And that What is it Creepy Creepy
1: Yeah That's pretty much it It's just Cause like I remember growing up kind of watching the boondocks, which I shouldn't have been (laughs) watching. (laughs) But they were making fun of him, making Mm -hmm. fun of the protests and all of that at that time. And then, like, it kind of was just, like, it was satire. So it was kind of
0: just like... When did that episode come out? uh,
1: I don't know. Maybe, like, early 2000s. Okay. Yeah.
0: So this was after... um, after
1: 2004 or so.
0: Yeah, so you kind of grew up with the scandal was, like,
1: Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of just been like, mm, he's kind of been like a weirdo in my eyes. Mm, Interesting.
0: What about his music?
1: mm, I never really listened to it. Like I would hear some.
0: Is uh, it associated with old people in your mind? Yeah, it is.
1: I remember stepping in the name of love. That's Uh like.
0: the main song
2: yeah all oh, folks like to two step too right as soon as they come on you see all the everybody's yeah. over 50 <laughs> and go to the dance floor not too much girl <laughs> not too much
0: <laughs> <laughs> what about your generation so
2: space jam space I believe jam. I can fly right. <laughs> head ass he did yeah. get some that's when his coins started coming in and then I remember as a child watching him perform and drop his pants on stage on TV, and that's it.
0: So do, I
2: don't it. see nothing wrong. So that was it a positive to yeah, no, go everybody. from
0: positive to negative in your generation? Because Z's generation should have just been negative, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it went from With positive to negative, right? So what was the positive memories that you remember before the negative?
2: Just bump and grind, and <laughs> <laughs> um, that's
0: the positive. <laughs> um,
2: my, and um. Space Jam and okay. what else? Let me think. Positive R. Kelly. R. Kelly was old, so he wasn't really just it was like, oh cute. But I saw oh, the sorry. um the out of the trapped in the closet yeah. series on B E T. That was a gag. I was to like, think I was in high school looking at them all them. I just I kept thinking like why do we have all these trapped in the closets? Like what are you <laughs> what are you trapped in the closet about? <laughs> I mean, now we know. Sad. Um <laughs> Yeah. I'm,
1: that's what I I was... I remember that, too. Okay. Yeah. I
2: mean, what... I'm trying to think I of think what else. I think for me...
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was an icon. I think... First of all, I think genius is a real stretch.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a real stretch. Y'all tried it. I
0: think people who don't know music... Would think that he's a genius. Because he's had a certain level of pop success. But if you know music... You know that songs like "You Are Not Alone" and um, "I Believe I Can Fly" is really t- chord musically wise the same fucking song. It's not genius at all. <laughs> it may sound different to people who don't know music, but chords and how it's structured and shit like that is the same fucking song. So he's mm-hmm. and, and then if you've been in church with musicians. Church musicians, mm-hmm. you know that this is not a genius motherfucker. This is just a like he doesn't. He does. It, he doesn't. He knows how to play in regards to more than the layman person. Like in regards to the us, but when we talking about geniusly playing and creating like complicated music, like a like um, Stevie Wonder. Stevie Wonder is the lyrical music of genius. You see what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Uh, Quincy Jones is a musical genius, but R. Kelly is like so—he's not basic like a normal non-musical person, but he has the anybody in music. You have the basic level of skills, and what what to me what he has what he did in his heyday before the scandal. um got out before because, you know, been going on the whole time. But...
2: When did it first get out? Was it Well, shit Aaliyah? been going
0: on. Yeah, Aaliyah. Shit been going on. It ain't... When he used to cruise fucking high school people. Um, but when you... it R. Kelly was tapping into that basic hood... Mm, that basic level hood culture that Migos is tapping into, like, right now. Cause would you say Migos was musically genius? People, no. They just no. Carry it so. You, it's it's a it's it's simple. A lot of pop songs, just by the 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 nature, the survey pop songs, they're really simple. They're catchy. Is pop? That's how pop is. It's like this is just a simple melody that everybody can sing with. It's not hard and complicated. It's just really simple. But most pop songs that have gotten popular are simple. Are really simplistic. And they repetitious. Some of my repetitious. Now there's some genius out there that really do some great work. But R. Kelly, I'm sorry, genius is a stretch. You tapped into a pop culture thing, and people gave you a chance to put it on platform. It it got big. Cute. I, genius is a stretch for me. <laughs> I'm not go- successful. Yes, you are a successful songwriter that really made some hits that connected with the people they weren't genius for me. <laughs> Not <laughs> so at all. I, I don't feel that. So I didn't feel that. But back in my time, he was wearing it out. So mm-hmm. he had some good fuck songs. Shit, Janet Jackson got some good fuck songs. <laughs> you know, him and Do Janet. Michael Jackson
2: got some. I don't think he got any.
0: No. Oh, um, <laughs> no. <laughs> but like in the 90s, the motherfucker to me who were black that was making sickening ass fuck songs was Janet Jackson and R. Kelly. Really, Jodeci, H. Town, you ain't getting no credit. Um, yeah, they had some, but I'm talking about consistently putting out stuff. Mm-hmm. Jodeci had one like, look, you little hit album.
2: That it was sickening.
0: Yeah, like mm-hmm. um, come and talk to me. Mm-hmm. I really wanna. Yeah, that. So they had um, you know, it was something going on, and. And that, I was kind of real young at that that Jodeci stage. I was like eleven, so mm-hmm. that I wouldn't even have a sex yet. Like it, I didn't care about fuck songs. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> to me, that was kind of that was before my teenage mm-hmm. adult years. So my teenage adult years, who was the sexual soundtrack, was R. Kelly and Janet Jackson mm-hmm. and um, maybe some hip hop artists. Had some cute little fuck songs, um, yeah. So he was somebody who, you know, he was shit. He was almost like Trey Songz, I guess mm-hmm. this generation's Trey Songz and maybe Chris Brown.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: you get what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. they just had some sexy R and B. R and B was the shit. You mm-hmm. get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So Usher was kind of doing something too, but he was on some other shit. I don't know. He was. He wasn't. He didn't connect like R. Kelly. R. Kelly was real raunchy. <laughs> Clearly, we know why. Wow. So, 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 when this scandal came out, first of all, uh, the millennials, my age, I'm like a older millennial. We were young. We were in our teens. We weren't. We weren't in any any kind of positions of power to hold um, R. Kelly accountable for these this bullshit that he was doing. So when it came out, we were just kind of going along with the adult pop, whatever the adults were doing, whatever the radio was playing that was resonating with the adults, because, you know, we were young. So um, but when I heard about it, when I got the tea, I immediately believed it. But I think I immediately believed it because of who I am and shit that i've experienced and shit Mm. that my mom has experienced and shit like my mom like my mom was a girl like that who was in a bind and needed an older dude to help her out of the bind i remember my mama told me that this nigga like when Nobody was helping my mom because she had a baby, mm-hmm. me. For some reason, when um, when a teenage girl would have a baby, the punishment for her having the baby was to really not help her out and not give her some kind of support. I don't know why people thought that worked, but yeah, silliness. And my mom was explaining that to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and she said, I didn't have no diapers. And this nigga at the pool hall named GB, old gray-haired motherfucker, was offered her money for some sex. And she was only 17. Oh, wow. And so, I know this how niggas do. Mm-hmm. I see them. My mother, I, my mother had me when she was 16. So, when I see... I know how these grown, old-ass niggas would talk to my mom. Now, mind you, I'm a kid, so my mom is an adult to me. Mm-hmm. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I, it's, I don't know the difference between... A 50 year old And a 17 year old Because my mm-hmm. mom is an adult She's my mom mm-hmm. Not knowing that No At 17 she wasn't an adult mm-hmm. <laughs> right. By law mm-hmm. So I knew this type of shit Was going on From a very very young age So when I heard it I'm like yeah What This is normal this, this is like, I know this <laughs> happens mm-hmm. Like it it was a Let's say this too my mother, mm-hmm. when she was 22, was fucking 16 years old. I'll
2: get you a piece.
0: What? Yes. <laughs> but as a child, I thought that all of them were adults. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't know the difference in age of a 16, 17-year-old. Because I had uncles who were that age, mm-hmm. who were 16, 17, 18, that introduced her to him. And she was 21, 22, and they was hooking up. What? That's
2: crazy. How it's okay.
0: And it was pretty. So for me in my lifetime. And in my environment. Some. A 20 year old. An early 20 year old. Messing with a late teen. A late oh. teen year old. I saw that all the time. My mother's second baby. Was made. Now she was old enough. But she was older. But. So she was, tw- her second baby was made with a 30 something year old. Hmm. But she had been with him since I was born. Huh. So when she was 16, 17,
2: he was like 20 something. He was
0: nine years older than her. So he was like 24. Mm hmm. So this this type of dynamic was so normal for me mm-hmm. when I was younger that it didn't cause it wasn't something that I wouldn't believe
3: mm-hmm.
0: when I heard that R Kelly was messing with a seven Aaliyah when she was fifteen Aaliyah when she was she was sixteen or da 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 it what it, this is not something I would not believe I'm like what this is not normal like when people would when I would hear people talking about it, I'm like yeah. y'all never seen this
1: yeah because my dad is significantly younger than my mom he's like. He just turned fifty, I think, and my mom's like sixty-two.
0: Um, when did they start messing around? Though, how old was he?
1: He was in his twenties.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's legal. But yeah. I'm trying. I'm. It's. It's. Oh, you say
1: underage uh, mixtures. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha.
0: And not necessarily. Oh, I'm fifty, and then you're sixteen. Ooh. Not necessarily <laughs> that. 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 You know, I'm in my late twenties. I'm in my mm-hmm. early thirties. I'm in. You know. And. It's other people like um, Sean Puffy Combs. Sean Puffy Combs, his first baby. Justin, Mm -hmm. the light-skinned, pretty one. Mm -hmm. Um, His son, Justin, his mother had him when she was 16 years old. Oh, Puffy was 24. Mm.
2: (laughs) Well, that's a did you know. Uh,
0: Did you know, right? When you look at their ages, you know... Puffy was 24 when he was fucking her. She had him when she was 16. So they had, they was fucking before 16, clearly. <laughs> At least nine months before her birthday.
2: And that's crazy. You, I seen a, a, a snap with Meek Mills and he was saying that basically that there was, a, you'd be surprised what goes on behind, behind closed doors in the industry that no one talks about.
0: Yeah, and I'm, and I, yes, that's just, it's it's it was so, when people were acting like they didn't believe it, I was like, "What?" Mm. Like, and then you know, then the video come out, like, "Oh, y'all really just don't want to believe it." Y'all really, for me, it was like I was in my early twenties, and I was like, "Okay, y'all really just don't want to believe it. Y'all got this niggas celebrity really fooling y'all. So,
2: especially if a video come out, you see what's happening, you say, "Yeah, that's not true." And what? Like,
0: what? <laughs> it was crazy but so much tea on this 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 Documentary. special it was so much tea like they were so honest like some of them it was stuff that they could have left out and they didn't if they were trying to really be over the top believable like one of the girls was like "Um, you know I lied and told them that I was 19 mm-hmm. I lied and told them but then when the sex was about to start I came clean and said that I was 16 you know stuff and everybody was like, and some one of the girls from Florida was like, I I was thinking that this was gonna make my career or something. That was the whole point. But this and and there was no reason for them not to believe it. He was R. Kelly. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Like it was no reason for them not to believe it. So he just used his power and prestige to manipulate them. And it was so much tea that was being spilt that anybody who was talking shit about surviving R. Kelly, they clearly wasn't watching it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They were actually watching how thorough the person who produced it was. It wasn't just I'm sitting here talking, telling, girls just talking, telling T. It was people who were reporters, people who did, who went and looked into the um, the judges, the um, judicial paperwork, how he was settling, settling out of court for people. Before stuff really got out, it was uh, people who were trying to sue him. <laughs> it,
1: it sounds very similar to the Jeffrey Epstein situation. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of that? Uh-uh. Um, basically, he's like a billionaire. He owns his own island and everything. Mm-hmm. And he has his own plane called Lolita Express. And it's it's been a lot of um, politicians that have been docu- and celebrities that been documented to go on there. Mm-hmm. And he would fly the
0: Lolita Express. How disgusting.
1: Right. And they would uh fly it out and then he would give
0: How blatantly it. disgusting.
1: Yeah, and then like it was just like a whole bunch of underage girls that came out and was like, Yeah, he prostituted us. He gave us money, but he prostituted us. How old he was basically was they? like a pimp. They were all underage. I don't know how old they all were, but yeah. That
0: is crazy. But this is a part of the culture and and people who are not. What's the, are, hold on? Wait a minute.
2: What's the? What's the? Because I kind of didn't get that. What's the Lolita Express? What's the? Tea with so that?
0: Lolita is a, a book. It's like a novel from the 19, 1955. It's like a Russian American novel, um, and it just was really really popular. One. This is one of the just a small fabric of of why rape culture and molesting young teenage girls and the fetishizing teenage girls, this Mm -hmm. is one element of why this has become okay. That book is a part of the history. You -hmm. see what I'm saying? It's like, it's multiple layers of why this has become a norm.
2: What I don't understand is why so so many people don't believe the black woman like it's it seems like you can have so much proof and i say oh girl no that's not right Mm. like like it doesn't it it just it's so much injustice like why do you have to go above beyond for people to fight for you but the black woman the lbgt were the one were the ones who did the um to burn the word yeah Put in the work for the, the 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 all Black Lives Matter movement, which was funded because you know things were happening to the our black men, and so for men to just like bird box black women, it's <laughs> it's crazy.
0: I, I think, but that's like norm. That's a normal shit. I think mm-hmm. I I posted um I posted on my Facebook in regards to that. I fo- I posted like when you. Fight for black men and the black community, black community, too, in a whole, not just black men. It feels like you're fighting as a LGBT trans person, the LGBT person. It feels like you're fighting for that cousin who, you know, is a punk ass bitch and ain't going to fight for you. Yes, like, <laughs> you know, like you know, you know this. If something
2: happened to me, you'll pay you, dust.
0: You'll pay a dust. You ain't gonna be on the front lines on no protests. You're not gonna organize. You're not gonna do none of this shit.
2: <laughs> but you're my cousin, and I don't yeah, want nothing to happen to we,
0: you. Yeah, it's like, but I know that if it can happen to you, it can happen to me because I'm black too, mm-hmm. and so I I cannot not do it. And I think they take that for granted. So, and then I think black men don't want to. They're like white people. They don't want to really give up their power. Mm-hmm. So when they see something that's so blatant, I think they just, there's some cognitive dissonance there.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Just like with white people, I think that is just something that they see uh, it, the writing is on the motherfucking wall and they still can't read it, just like R. Kelly.
2: <laughs> <laughs> still can't read it. I still
0: can't read it. So I don't know. It just feels weird. You know, I do want to talk about this connection to the gay community as well, um, because this is something that happens in the gay community, too. And it kind of because gay is such um, the gay culture, especially at this time in the 90s, was so detested and as a as a gay child, you. Um, people just just they're focusing on trying to make you not gay or make you live this normal straight life so th- when they ask you so how do I how do I go into this conversation when people when people ask you did somebody molest you when they feel you're gay they it's not as a protective measure it is a it is to look for a causation of your gayness it's not to f- it's not really to protect you. Whereas sometimes a girl child might have somebody ask you, you know, is somebody touching you when you get weird? Not all the time. Some people just oblivious to it. But they might ask them, like, is somebody touching you? You kind of starting to act weird, da, 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 da. But it's almost to protect them, kind of, um, if they have a good parent. But for gay folks, when they're asking you, it, it's just they're searching for a cause of why you're gay. So it's never really anything like that. I remember when I was younger, preteen, um you know, questions was asked like that cuz my mother was really protective and she wouldn't let me go anywhere da 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 da. da. But once I got old, older, my transness and gayness and all the what it, that LGBTness was it was just they didn't it wasn't about protecting me anymore. It was about um, shaming me for what I was doing and da 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 da. So that invisibility made me vulnerable to people who may have wanted to prey on me. And I remember, and at the time, I did not think of this like this. It is now that I'm older that I remember that the situation is now up inappropriate. It was inappropriate. So I remember it was this dude, his name was Jonathan. He was super tall and attractive. And he was like 26. Um, There was this guy, this gay guy, feminine gay guy, church fag. which That's what we would call him back in the day. Um, His name was Stanford. And Stanford, Jonathan saw me with Stanford. Jonathan and Stanford are older guys, older gay guys, and I was 16. He told Stanford, Jonathan told Stanford, hey, I want to meet your friend. Who was the friend you was at the mall with the other day? Um, I want to meet him. So, at the time, I had transitioned early, okay? But between the ages of, hmm, let's say 13 and... 16, I was real androgynous. I was clocky as fuck. I would go out in public as a girl. Um, I was... I didn't have any titties. Um, I started hormones when I was 16, so in this time, I went on no hormones. So, you know, you can see where I was where where I'm going. It was... I was... uh, You know... Definitely, you knew I was born a boy. (laughs) It wasn't any kind of possibility at all. And... And when, you know, when I would be out and about, sometimes you would, I could see somebody picking up androgyny. You feel what I'm saying? So when Jonathan told Stanford to introduce me, he, um, I didn't know at the time, but he literally, he really did have an agenda in regards to um, what I would call now grooming me into what he wanted me to be. At the time, I didn't know at all. So Stanford picked him up and brought me and him to Stanford's house. We um, we conversed and laughed and joked and nothing felt abnormal. He was super tall and attractive and everything was good. So he picked me. Uh, so him, they planned all of this. I didn't know that this was all planned, but Jonathan... Um, i end up getting in the car with jonathan and me and jonathan went out to eat um so for about three months i don't know about two months me and jonathan he would pick me up from the group home that i was living in because i was living in a group home um he would pick me up and take me out to places take me out to eat on dates we would go to his his house and play spades we would go to um the movies we were dating and it just felt super super we wasn't having sex i was not having sex at the time i hadn't had sex yet and so i knew that that was going to eventually be where we were going because there was a sexual tension there but i feel like he was grooming me to something to something so um one time i was at his house playing spades and this guy that i knew came over his house And so, he let him in and he was in the... um, And we were just... We were playing spades and um, playing tonk. And um, I felt some kind of negative energy from the other guy. His name was O'Shea. Um, And O'Shea was on some... What I learned later is that O'Shea wanted Jonathan. But Jonathan was... They were around the same age. And me being in the space was kind of like me being on his territory. (laughs) But... O'Shea didn't have the confidence that I have or the swag. He was a quiet ass, black ass church boy. I was hood vibrant. (laughs) And so he didn't have what I had. So I I was basically a threat to what he wanted. And he didn't, he he had never told um, Jonathan that he wanted him, but Jonathan didn't want him anyway. So, Jonathan ended up having this conversation with me about what he wanted from me. Once he wooed me into this web of romance and da 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 da, he wanted me to stop transitioning and be a um, just a regular dude. And me and him go to the gym and we fit this mask for mask type of image that he wanted me to give out to the world but as you know my goal was to be a fucking woman my goal was to transition and live my life as the woman that I felt that I was so that never was something that could ever be possible but you got to understand I was oblivious to all this shit so being raised as a boy boy child I didn't have these instilled instincts about men that men were meant to, that they're trying to harm you. So, I had this romantic feeling about love and um, it was almost like this weird movie romance that I like. Like, taking me out to dinner, taking me out to dates, and and doing these things and we would just fall in love and we would get married. Not just, I wouldn't think about marriage at the time, but I had this movies, me, movies type idea of... Um, you know of of romance and so he was wooing me into that and then trying to convince me to detransition and so we had this long conversation and i had made up my mind that this really i'm not for you i'm not the person for you because i know i'm not going to detransition i'm not going to be this because you know in the gay community gay men fetishize straight acting gay men they fetishize the masculine gay men because they can go out in the world without being clocked. Um, Same way that, you know, people who are attracted to trans women, they fetishize the ones who are really, really passable. You really look like a cis woman. Um, You know, but gay men is just on the male side. It's like, oh my God, you really you really don't act gay at all. You act like a regular straight dude, but you gay. Ooh, masculine for masculine. Yes. They love that type of shit. So, and that's the image that he wanted to kind of pull me into and I wasn't going for it. So I end up leaving him um, alone. He would call me and um, try to convince me, but I was like, no. So I remember looking back on all of that a lot of the gay boys that I was in community with they were in these weird older gay male younger gay male relationships where uh, you know the older gay dude would buy them Jordans they would buy be buying them the fly ass clothes but they would be getting something out of the situation, and they would be grooming them. They would catch them. They would give them rides. They would let them use their car so they can flaunt, um, flaunt at school, at high school. They would they would be doing the same exact shit that R. Kelly did in when he was engaging with um, these girls. They would be doing the same exact thing, except for people, the culture, they would be when they would talk about shit was wrong, when they would think something was going on. It wouldn't be. um It would just it just was totally ignored because this is some gay shit, abomination, wrong, da, 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 da. And we're not checking up on the gay boys, the gay young dudes. To protect them because you shouldn't be doing this gay shit anyway. So the only thing we're gonna talk to you about is not about the predators trying to get you, but about why you need to not be gay. That's not what men is gonna do. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says this is wrong. Sodom and Gomorrah and da, da 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 da. It's never about the what immediate danger are you in. What immediate risk to trauma in? it was never about that it was always about we are trying to fix you we are trying to um fire and brimstone you bible thump you all that kind of stuff it was never the intent to save you from the predators because that's just what it was we don't know anything about the gay culture we don't know how they maneuver in manipulating young boys into these con- um transactional um, Relationships Um, How they manipulate That dusty little nigga On the street Who ain't got no money Who ain't got no family Who ain't got nobody That's taking care of him So when you When I buy this little nigga Some Jordans He'll let me get in his booty When I buy this little nigga The flyest clothes He'll suck my dick And fuck me down All night Until I take him back home To wherever His dopey mama Who ain't taking care of him You see what I'm saying They just like um, the male predators pick the most vulnerable females. They, the males on the gay side, pick the most vulnerable gay males as well. I personally was, I was just a little bit smarter, so I wasn't in. I wasn't dudes who really seemed really creepy to me weren't. I wasn't into them at all. I never. I, I they. I got a sense of they were predatory and was. Um, the only way you can get into my, pull my heartstrings if you play the romance card, because if you played the sex for money or sex for goods or da da da, that was creepy to me because I grew up in a house full of hoes. I grew up, grew up with a a madam for a great auntie. I grew up in a whole, in a pro ho environment. So that, and me being, Real res- in my mindset in my teenage years was respectable as fuck so prostitutes were gross um that was not the way to be ladylike that was not the way to be classy and so uh, th- that life when you try to bring that to me it, it kind of made me like Ugh. it made me like gross yuck so it's just how i and i, I just that's just how i was <laughs> so it's kind of strange for me to be where i'm at now so that I, I wanted to tell that story kind of to give some context of how this is a reflection of the gay community as well and how the culture um, bleeds into the subculture. But to bring it back to the R. Kelly situation, I feel, I think we should, I think I'm petty. I want to go back and check all the motherfuckers who had babies. What the, how old was their baby mama when they had babies? How old did they get together? Because we know that this industry is tons of history With the white folks But I don't give a fuck We talk about Kelly right now <laughs> We can talk The white folks can handle theirs <laughs> That's on them um, cause I don't really support them like that anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't fuck with Elvis. What the fuck? <laughs> I don't fuck with Elvis. I don't fuck with Mick Jagger. I don't fuck with any of the people that they keep bringing up. Like the white people do it. And y'all yeah, ain't saying nothing about them. Like what the fuck? Like what, how is that even a talking point? Do you want, are you saying you want to molest children like the white people do? <laughs> and it should be okay because the white people are molesting children. Like that doesn't even make sense. like, well, part of it kind of does make sense because I believe like men, they live, black men, they live in a total different world. They are affected by different systems of oppression. The gays and the women don't hold the power to oppress them in the same way that they oppress us. The people who do is white, powerful, rich folks that have the power to affect them. So... That's the reason why they deflect to the white, rich, powerful men. They want to point to the normal people that oppress them. That's why they say shit like, "Why y'all want to pick on the black man when all these white, rich, white motherfuckers da 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 da?" Every time they're getting called out, they want to point it to the person that they're used to. Um, they're used to um, pointing the finger at the white man, the man that you feel what i'm saying cuz he clearly we can't call out all of them at the same time like i mean i've never i've I, it just really doesn't make sense to me <laughs> like we can it's multiple people that we can hold accountable at the same exact time we don't just have to hold uh one at a time, or wait to get, to bring the white man down before we hold the black man accountable. No, we can do all y'all motherfuckers at the t- at the time, at the same time, simultaneously, and and be just fine. We we think about shit all the time together. R. Kelly is trash. He's gonna be trash. I don't know why you don't believe it. I believe it. I've been believing it. So. <laughs> I don't know I feel I'm trying to think of what I took from it it gave me more insight on his training they called it training in there of cause you know you always like how does a dude turn you into this how how do you turn a person into this cult like follower How do you turn them? How do you... I knew when it comes to abuse, like there's multiple layers of things happening. There's things that I knew, but I wanted to hear his strategy. Like I wanted to see see them tell me their experience of how his MO, because every abuser's MO in getting you to stay and getting you to get in line with what they want you to do is different. So his calling him daddy, they don't talk to each other. (laughs) They don't talk to each other They look away Look at the wall This is something he learned from pimps this is pimp shit. Like, literally, this is what pimps fucking do. You don't look at other niggas in the eye. You look down to the ground. This is some old school Chicago pimp shit that he done learned from somebody. <laughs> somebody older than him. I'm pretty... No, literally. Yeah. Like, this has been in books and shit. Like, pimps have wrote books and this is how they train girls. Literally train them. And this is what he was call it. Training. Oh. <laughs> like, so, learning those elements and learning... Drea, his wife, like why she became the wife, learning um, how it started with her, um, learning the Aaliyah details, learning the how the tape got out, like how the tape was created, how it got out, who hands it was in, how it got negotiated. People was trying to get paid off. People was making copies of it, how it got in flea markets, all those little details. It was the history of that. I I'm, I I was the I like I wanted to hear that. <laughs> like I'm like oh, this is the oh, tea. This is the tea. This is how it all happened because mm-hmm. we didn't know all of this stuff, and so um yeah that I that's what I took from it. Um, but in regards to like a cultural shift for me, there mm-hmm. was no this wasn't revealing or a like a cultural shift for me because mm-hmm. I know that black women, uh, the, I know the reason why. Because they don't care about black women, so you see what I'm saying. They don't. If these was white little girls, people have said this multiple times. Mm-hmm. This would not have went on for so long because they're black little girls. It doesn't matter. I even was on Twitter.
1: The and, Jeffrey Epstein guy actually did time mm-hmm. for all these people coming up. You know, oh, confessing and whatnot. I have to look him up. I've never yeah. heard him. Mm-hmm. It's a big scandal.
0: I heard somebody. This nigga on my Twitter timeline, I, he's not on my friends list, but somebody retweeted it, and so I saw it. This nigga said, when they were making the point of they don't care about black little girls, he said, Well, at least R. Kelly, you know he like black women.
1: What? I saw somebody um try to make a point about the when the whole thing with Dwight Howard, it was like, uh-huh. I'd rather him fuck with... A young girl
0: than a gay guy, something like that. Wow. Uh, So right, that's so silly to me. Wow. Yeah, that's so crazy. You rather
2: him be a pedophile? So
0: homophobic that you will be okay with being a pedophile? Wow. Mm -hmm. And it goes back to some. I seen something on Twitter too about Frank Ocean, where when when Frank Ocean came out as gay. And motherfuckers Was talking shit like Oh I don't feel comfortable Listening to his music now But y'all Listening to R. Kelly And fighting to listen To R. Kelly Play R. Kelly With the context Of him being a
2: pedophile mm-hmm. And this don't make you Feel uncomfortable So you can You can drop the association With the, with the, artists the artist and the, and the music But not when they're gay <laughs> <laughs> Like what Not when they're gay Like
0: Like uh, 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 I just I don't I don't get it It's it's so crazy to me (laughs) like hard to wrap your head around hard to wrap my head around and the hypocrisy of it and how they literally cannot see it or they can or like I said cognitive
1: cognitive dissonance a lot of it comes from is rooted in
0: biblical standpoints they don't even know it. And they don't be even go to church. They don't even read the Bible. They don't even study it like that. It's something somebody has told them.
2: Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. crazy. That this is what the Bible say, and this is how you fight this type of. Way. If you if you feel like this is how you feel, these are the words use. I remember. I'm
0: trying to think of when I felt like I was being bamboozled.
2: Bamboozled how?
0: Or glamoured? How? With um R Kelly. So.
2: Mm. Oh, you're talking been, about like just in your life.
0: Where I was like... Where I was ignoring it. So, there was an incident. I think it might have been on a BET. Whenever he did that 50 theme music... Y'all probably don't remember. When he did probably, what? When
2: what he did... He did
0: some type of 50s theme um, performance. Uh-huh. It was like he was in a suit. And I was like, Ow! Like... I had forgot everything. This was like a couple... Maybe in the mid-2000s. I can't remember. Whenever he did the 50 theme performance, I can't remember what it was for. It could have been BET or Soul Train Awards or something like that. Mm-hmm. And... When he got on stage and he did all those songs that I remember, it was almost like I was... I, I was like, ow, he really is sounding good. And, he, and, like, and I forgot had totally all about him I forgot panophobes. all about that shit. Like, and I... And, and I was like, and now thinking back on it, I'm like, what was glamorizing me? And it was the nostalgia of what he represented to me in, um, in my youth. It was like, oh wow, I remember these songs. It was, it was nostalgia memories that I had with the songs, and, and then part of me was like, like a under, like he was an underdog and coming back to. Like literally, like I was like, what am I thinking? Like looking back at me living that, like what am I'm totally ignoring all this shit that I felt was true. You see what I'm saying? Like I was totally ignoring it. So I was this. I I don't remember when that performance was, but Mm. after it, I felt like, oh, my God, he really wore that performance out. R. Kelly is back baby and then like a like maybe a day later i'm like what are you doing like what why did, did you forget bitch yeah <laughs> like I, I had to really sit back and like what why was i thinking like that mm-hmm. like there was some kind of redemptive thing that i was i guess looking for mm-hmm. and because he did a good performance it glamorized me into forgetting that this is a monster now for the past shit that whenever since then, you know I've deleted his music from my stuff.
2: I told Uber drivers not to play his. Told music.
0: Uber drivers, baby, these <laughs> songs come on. Can you cut that off for me, please? Thank Thanks. you so much.
2: I don't even like when I'm having my sessions. I be turning her off. I be like, oh Lord, we got to turn her off. Yeah,
0: it's like church music coming on.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, oh wait a minute. Like, yeah? uh, uh-uh, we got to cut this. Is
0: killing the mood. That kid, cut him off. I don't know. Um, I I just, I just, it just gags me how people (laughs) care about that
2: guy can uh, just just dismiss it with all the evidence. That's it. Yeah. How people could just blatantly be like, "Girl, bye." Y'all just (laughs) looking for a come up or that whatever excuse they make up.
0: Yeah, I'm like, it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter what they were for you're still an old-ass man dealing with a teenager. What, whatever, yeah. the, whatever the teenager's motivations was, you allowed them to try to get a come-up off of you by having sex with you. Yeah. You had sex with some minors. And they didn't get a come-up. And they didn't get a come-up. But <laughs> But even if that was all of their motives, they can only get the come up if you are fucking them
2: because and you are doing the wrong thing. And you're the adult in this situation. You're the adult. So what does that mean? You're supposed to do the right thing. Yes.
0: They like, are fucking impressionable children that we know high schoolers do irresponsible things.
2: Yes. <laughs> so when so, they show you an ID and they say, oh, I'm this age, you kicked them the fuck out. You'd be like, get out. Girl. Why are you lying to me? But, mm, yeah. But no have you okay and this is it have you ever like had like a training course during um before you started working Uh uh-huh and like at some (laughs) places
3: go ahead
2: (laughs) sometimes sometimes you have to do like an alcohol uh, test Uh where you see like different pictures of people and you have to guess their age Uh uh-huh How do you not know, like, the difference between, like, a 16-year-old and a 19-year-old? The the way they look. This is
0: coming from experience. Mm -hmm. So, I've been in that experience. So, this is keeping it real. Mm -hmm. I fucked a Mm 16-year-old. But he lied to me and said that he was 20. He was taller than me. He had a full beard. And he looked like a grown-ass man. So, when I called and was calling him, I I was 22 at the time. I think I was 20. Yeah, I was 22. Mm-hmm. And so we we met at a mall. He was tall. Like I said, he did not look like a little boy at all. He was taller than me with a beard. And he came to me with confidence like a grown man. And I was like, damn, man, I'm a trans woman. I'm like, damn, you sexy as fuck. What's up? <laughs> I told him I was trans. He said, I don't give a fuck. We'll you <laughs> fine. I was like, oh, oh, shit. I did, nothing about him said Sixteen. Mm-hmm. He was by himself. It wasn't like he was with other little boys, like other teenagers looking like teenagers. He was by himself. Saw me at Circle Center Mall mm-hmm. and asked me for my number. I told him I was like, "Nah, I'm not giving you my number. I'm trans." <laughs> and he was like, "I don't care. What's up? You fine?" And I was like, "Okay." So we talked on the phone. He was really smart. It, it was we're talking on the phone. Ain't nobody answering the phone like it's their mama. I don't hear nobody in the background. Like it was nothing to hit me off. Like mm-hmm. it was nothing to hit me off. And so um he had a car. Like it was it was nothing to make me think that he was younger. Think that he was younger. So when I called one day after we had hooked up, his mother Answered the phone And I was like Hello And she was like Hello Who is this I said Diamond Is Mike there She was like How old are you I say I'm 22 She was like Do you know how old Michael is He's 16 I was like What Oh my gosh And he gets on the phone And gets to cussing his mother out Why you say that Get off the phone Get off the phone I was like, oh, no. No, 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 So, I was like, why you didn't tell me that you was that age? And he was like, because I know you wouldn't have hollered at me. I know you wouldn't have hollered at me. I was like, you really could get me locked up for this shit. Like, I'm going off. Like, what if your mama... What if your mama wanted to press charges on me? I could be getting locked up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> on the sex offender list. Yep. But, you know, I said... Oh no, baby, we gotta stop talking because I, I can't deal with it. Because no, yeah. <laughs> about they'll put me under the jail. <laughs> You're a tranny. Oh, no, what the mama found out I'm a tranny. Oh, <laughs> they That's put even me under jail. So we didn't talk ever, ever again until he was way older. But I didn't even live in the city. Mm-hmm. So. He still was apologizing. <laughs> I'm sorry, can we hook up again? I'm sorry no, that is that whole situation because what it did to me was scare me like
3: mm-hmm.
0: because think about it, I'm a black trans woman. If his mother would have found out that I was trans, I would have got locked up. I know I would is, have I'm and fucking... and I literally did not know it's my responsibility to ask, but. I didn't. I, I. don't know. I. I was. I didn't. I wasn't accustomed to asking motherfucker. Are you accustomed to asking motherfucker how old they are? If I, they, now if they look. If they if look, they look a, like if they look, if you look like a teenager, I'll be like nigga. You look like a little boy. Get out of here. <laughs> so you. But, so you. You're not
2: accustomed to asking people how old they are. I ask them all the time. I see. I'm. See, I like all. Well, everything. I ask. I'm, i like. I ask him. That's why he told me he
0: was twenty. Okay. So he, I asked him, but when he told me he was twenty, I believed him because he looked at like a twenty-year-old. Like, mm-hmm. like I said, he was taller than me. I'm five eleven. He had to be like six three. Mm-hmm. A full beard on his face. He was. He looked like a twenty-year-old. He didn't. He didn't look like a like a high schooler. Mm-hmm. So, and he gave me confidence. He wasn't on no ma'am shit. Like, it was just a, it was just a, so when I asked, how are you? Mm-hmm. And he said 20, I was like, oh. I, it, it never dawned on me. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes, like, when I, you can kind of hear conversations like, um, like he wasn't going to school. So that's mm-hmm. another thing. Like, if he was getting up, going to school, I got to go to school. I'm like, why are you, what school you go to? <laughs> Like, I would have been like that. Are you in what college you go to? Like, I would have asked questions, but he wasn't going to school. He was calling me during all hours of the day. It was, And then he was calling me from a different phone because he had his own phone. So, it was so many things that I didn't have a hint about. I don't know. I just, I didn't have a hint about it. When I went over his house, it was... um, Nobody was there. It was... It didn't look like a woman lived there. It looked like a bachelor lived there. You see what I'm saying? It looked like a dude. It mm-hmm. wasn't like, oh, all these decorations like a woman. You know, like if a woman lives in a the house, there's a woman's touch there. Mm-hmm. It wasn't none of that. It was real basic as fuck. So I don't know. I can't really I'm not making no excuses for it, but I literally didn't know. Mm-hmm. And so um, but I know that once I found out it was over. <laughs> but and I and it feared me. Now, now that I'm like that, if there's any inkling that you might be younger, I asked for ID. I asked for, let me see your ID. And and at this time, this was when I was 22, the Internet wasn't popping off like it is now. So Mm -hmm. I couldn't go and look. Mm -hmm. You know, now you can go to people page. Mm-hmm. And see, like, you can go to their, their IG, their Facebook, and see their friends, and see their family. And be like, oh, yeah, you look like you were in high school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you got some high school football pictures. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, you can kind of see some background in them. But um back then, like I said, we was fucking at the mall. And he asked me, you know, old school, let me get your number. <laughs> that kind of stuff. <laughs> wrote it on a piece of paper, that kind of shit. We didn't have cell phones. So... <laughs> So it just was different. I I I know from then on I learned my lesson because I, out of fear of this could have went ugly. Once she got on that phone and she told me to tea, I was like, "Cause I knew, baby, you were twenty (laughs) two under Under the jail." right out the jail day. baby bye bye <laughs> <laughs> sex offenders list here you go look at this man fucking with my son <laughs> oh. <laughs> they would have gave me all of that mm. so That's no like, I was like no I'm out of here <laughs> stop calling me don't call my phone no more <laughs> <laughs> it was, so he would call me and really try to convince me
2: that girl Not me.
0: he will leave voicemails because I never would talk to him no more <laughs> but he will leave voicemails she was lying saying his mama was lying no I'm out of here now no. that I got the clue get out of here anyway that's the end of that conversation holla la, 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 la.
2: My topic today is um, basically the government shutting down. So, I mean, the reason why I wanted it to be be my topic is because when I seen that the government shut down, all I could think about is how does this impact me? Is this something that can impact me? And does it impact other people? And if so, how? So I did like a little bit of research. And then... I came up with like some questions and some answers and I came up with some stories on how the government has uh, impacted people so far how it it has been um, impacting them so I have uh, three questions and three stories or three or four stories on how it's impacted people and then my question for you guys is how do you think it will impact you in the future and is is it impacting you now? Mm-hmm. so i'm gonna um so one of my questions was like how long does a government shut down like how long can this last and it can last as long as it takes like forever i mean congress congressional did i say that right mm-hmm. Cong- can you take that out
0: no congressional why Cong- they knew what you mean we're not gonna say all the words right we black <laughs> we hood and black. Sometimes we ain't gonna say the words right. Go ahead, congressional.
2: But congressional leaders from both parties have they basically reach an agreement to fund the. They have to reach an agreement to fund the, uh, the government, and it usually takes about a week and a four or so for them to do this. And basically, the reason why the government has shut down now is, because we all know if you have if you've been paying attention that. <laughs> i almost said before, i'm sorry I, I was about to say willy wonka <laughs> little minion she don't. baby he decided that he wants to strike the the funding for this wall and uh-huh. it's cost about a billion dollars to do so and the girls are like no miss thing no we're not gonna give you the coin so he said oh really shut the government down yeah. you're not going to get any you're not you, tax returns where Nothing's going to be done. I'm going to shut it down until I get my coins. So that's basically the reason why. How much money can the country lose during a shutdown? That was another one of my con- my, my questions. And I, what I did was, um, I did an example from 2013. Because that was one of the most recent times that the government shut, shut down. So during that time, it was like a 16-day government shutdown. And 2013, the it cost the country about mm, 24 billion lost in economic activity Mm. that's a lot and so um those were those were a couple of my questions um i wanted to know how it would affect tax season and so assuming that you know everything gets back on track the big changes ahead of everyone everyone's going to feel so um the new standard deductions individuals it's like six thousand three hundred and fifty
0: for tax season right mm-hmm. and
2: that was in 2017 now it can be up to twelve thousand in 2018 mm-hmm. head head of uh heads of household heads of household hmm Basically they come up to 9350
0: and that was in 2017 up to 18000 in 2018 of deductions <laughs> that we can do. Right. Work,
2: Trump. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And married couples it was about 2 uh 12270 now in 2018 is 2400. Uh, 24000. Oh. Okay. So, um <laughs> Basically the way that tax this is about to be lit Whenever the, he oh, opened when it back up <laughs> Shit I was like oh yes A bitch been having a job for a minute My taxes is gonna be fucking cute Then I look up and see but that the-,
0: the Kids that you ain't married bitch nah. Girl mm-hmm.
2: yeah. I'm gonna get a little one two A little something bitch. I'm married <laughs> Oh it's
0: gonna be cute bitch <laughs> I'm married It's gonna be real cute I'm Real sickly mm-hmm. Yes ma'am <laughs> I, I didn't know my- this yeah, yes, I've been I've been told you I was married. I
1: didn't know that you were still married.
0: Why would yes. I get divorced? With these lovely tax checks I'm getting. Oh. <laughs> mm. Um, I'm married for activist reasons. Oh. Okay. Let's say that. All right.
2: Know. So what kind of, You know what? I'ma I'm go back on. to my topic. Uh, but on. I do carry I do. On. i carry I, on that. I have a question so what kind what kind of carry marriage on. would you excuse you desire <laughs> <a> <Okay.
3: laughs> <laughs>
2: what kind of marriage would you say this is like what type of marriage uh,
0: activism marriage
2: uh, acti- okay that's all i want to know okay no. she already
0: said i mean
2: but i thought it was like a specific type like um,
1: carry okay. on <laughs> Just get
2: it. like okay like where are the benefits you, maybe we could talk about this out here.
0: Yeah, yeah that's a little bit detail. Yeah, here. okay.
2: Well, let's I gotta just look. say
0: it's activism reason.
2: Wear it out, you know. And that's a that's a really good reason.
0: It saves people's lives from yes. being, you know. Getting kicked out and stuff right like out. that <laughs> I mean mm. how far can we go Th-
2: okay. this, that's it that's the okay so I'm gonna continue with my stories <laughs> <laughs> um
0: but these tax checks <laughs> is low <love. laughs>
2: I bet it is after what I just just told everybody how much of the cord you gonna get back <clears throat> well you could um so here, here is a couple of the stories and um, by stories, I mean some of the stories on how the government shutdown has affected a couple of people. So um, there was one federal work, worker who is facing homelessness. Uh-huh. And um, he w- he was saying, I, mo- I just moved and began my new federal job like a week before the shutdown and he spent most of his savings to move and now he can't pay his rent and he's looking to be homeless now. There's well,
0: the an issue th- mm-hmm. to break down some numbers. Um, The departments of the government that are affected by these shutdowns is Homeland Security, about 232,860 workers. We have the Justice Department. That's about 114,154 workers. Um, The Agricultural Department, um, um, food stamps could be cut, understand. So these white motherfuckers that's on food stamps. You white trash folks, y'all stamps could be cut. <laughs> um, that's about 95,384. Um, the treasury, um, that's about 87,000. Um, the interior, those workers, that's about 68,000. Um, transportation, that's about 54,000. The commerce, that's about 57,000. Um, fifty. I mean, 47,000. The environmental protection, that's about 13,000. I want you to get into the shade of these motherfucking numbers.
2: Baby. Wait,
0: wait, wait. I got two more. I'm sorry. One more. Housing and urban development, 7,000. Get into the shade, just not even on the motherfucking shutdown. How many people did I say could be out of work for Homeland Security? 232,860. Urban housing and development seven
2: thousand four hundred and ninety seven. This is a lot of people who not, ain't getting no. no you're not
0: clocking what I'm saying. Blood look at the, look at look at the money that they invest in homeland security. Look how many workers they have two hundred thousand. Yes. Then look at um, agriculture. Then because that's where that's gonna make some money. Then go to environmental protection. Thirteen thousand. So you ain't even invested two hundred thousand in environmental the protection agency.
2: Seven thousand in agriculture, bitch. We got an (laughs) eagle. No,
0: seven thousand was housing and urban
2: development. Oh, that's still that's still shady.
0: Right, very. But the sheer number of what they give the military, the investment in the military, of workers. (laughs) <laughs> and compared to the investment of environmental protection mm-hmm. like really you give more that's almost it's 13,000 workers that are gonna be cut off and that is 232,000 that's such a big difference mm-hmm like where our government money is going where our taxpayer money is going but anyway back to the rundown. i just want no, to No no that's that out.
2: interesting uh,
0: so yes all these people these all these people was going to be losing their jobs in these particular sectors of the government and with these people being off work it puts us at Threat, it, it puts a, put us at risk, I'm sorry, put us at risk because there's only, like say the people who are supposed to be protecting us from cyber threats. Like there are hospitals that um, if they have a cyber threat, they can shut down the hospital and kill, the, no power in the hospital, shit can go down. There are people specifically in positions, I have a friend that specifically protect against like Russia and other people and Al-Qaeda and all of whatever the foreign threats cybers in the cyber world so if they don't have people that are this can literally put us at risk by them being able to infiltrate because if it's I think he said it was a certain amount, like he was he said it was like twenty eight people on the team in his particular department. Now with the shutdown it's only two there. You feel what I'm saying? Like it's it it puts us at more risk under the guise that ooh, we need this wall to protect us against the Mexicans, which we know that's bullshit.
2: Oh, uh, that yeah, that's crazy. Another person um, basically she has a newborn and she hasn't even been able to do health care because of the shutdown. Mm-hmm. Um, her name is Dominique C. Writes that she began working with the IRS in October of 2018. Two months later, she gave birth to a baby boy. And she says now that her newborn newborn is here they're going to cut off her medicaid on december the 31st which is already passed and due to the birth ordinarily her son would qualify to enroll in 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 emergency health care however because of the shutdown the baby's not gonna be able to have health care at all shady that and that's something that's really important um especially knowing like firsthand like being with my sister and her two kids. Like, there's a lot of things that you have to do. You got those shots that you have to do. Those, those are very important to the health. If your
0: baby gets sick, get the flu.
2: Mhm. And then the TSA agents. Basically, <laughs> they have been calling out for work. They've been calling right. out for work, saying that you know, using their sick leave because they're not getting paid.
0: Oh, they said fuck the shit. That's we how need I our know. sick leaves. I need my coins, baby. <laughs> baby.
2: So oh, people mm. have been missing flights. They've been waiting in uh, an hour. long hour's line.
0: Long hours worth. It's like, oh, I need my six leave. Bye-bye, I'm sick. a nice day. I need it? my coins. Before I, before the government shuts down, I'm out of here. I, 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 come on, TSA, word out. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so, this is about, a, this one now is about a motherfucking wall. The last time, it was about, um... And the, the other big one in 2013, there were some small ones. One in January 2018 and in um, April of 2017. Um, but the last big, big, big one was 2013 when the government shut down, um, like on October 1st, mm-hmm. when they were trying to roll out Obamacare. But Obama hustled their ass and made most of the backing of Obamacare um it was 80% of its funding came from the mandatory budget, so it still rolled out. <laughs> so, boom, <laughs> boop, coins. So, it still rolled out, and, um, you know, the Republicans, you know, politically, all the motherfuckers hate Obama, so they want nothing he had to come through. So, they wanted to stubbornly shut down the government in 2013. Um. I hope none of the trans workers work there. Baby. <laughs> I, I just know um, that, you know, when we finally get a job, <laughs> especially a government job, we feel good about it because it gives us decent benefits or whatever. Yes. And, you know, shutting down and not getting paid and we need to pay bills. And Backpage
2: is gone. Back what you going to do, bitch? gonna have to hit
0: the streets? <laughs> Baby. And that puts you in danger.
2: Okay, yeah.
0: You know, so... Get your shit together, Trump.
2: Oh, I hate that I had said sex work is the next way to go, but girl, girl, nothing wrong with that, bitch. What nothing you gonna know. do girl? unless you gonna start selling br- it bricks?
0: Word. word out, whatever, whatever <laughs> it is, sell it, but sell the opioids to the white people in their in their neighborhoods. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm playing. Don't go, don't go into no drugs, girl. No drugs. Please
3: don't. La, 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 la. La, la,
0: la, 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 la. So,
1: um, I was going through. Well, I'm not even gonna pretend like I was going through the hashtags because <laughs> I actually have been taking a break from social media because it's some, it's one of my self care methods. Mm-hmm. So, Mia was like, Hey, have you been looking through the recent, um, hashtags? And I was like, No. So, I went ahead and went on, and someone was saying, um, I got a lot of a lot of feedback as far as the last podcast. People were saying that I was laughing and I was, you know, kinda insensitive to the situation, as to say. Mm-hmm. And they are questioning if me and Mia Mia's relationship is not toxic or It really
0: toxic. wasn't that it was Sid. <laughs> <laughs> From <laughs> we see you since podcast, she's the one called you out, so we can be real specific. <laughs> oh no, she she
1: was one of the people that was like, uh, mm-hmm. I, if, I, if I think this is the right person, mm-hmm. um, she was just like, oh I don't know, is it? Um, it was it the laughing? Like was it a coping mechanism or or whatever? And I think I replied to that individual, so I don't know. But this person, they were this is unequivocally C. Mm-hmm. Um she said that's it. Oh, okay, that's her name. Yeah. Oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> I thought you were talking about someone else. Okay, so she says, I want to respect Mia and Z ship and I appreciate them being so open, but I got questions. That auntie story was so fucking violent. That hasn't been the only situation where Mia was uh, just hung out to dry. Is this an emotionally healthy ship? Hashtag Marsha's play. Ship meaning relationship. Right. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, the fact that Z could laugh at all that situation and clearly had a lack of understanding of why that was so violent is so painful and so traumatic is really scary. Um, the reason I asked. Oh, yeah, she that
0: was the. Um, yeah.
1: Okay. So basically, I want to address this. That was it of the um, the hashtags.
0: Well, I think um, Reagan. Reagan Gomez said something, too. Oh, I think so. I think. Go ahead. What'd she say? Something along the lines of that 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 was kind of Triggering for a lot of people
1: (laughs) Okay so first off I got kind of upset Because I'm the type of person So I have what they call AVPD it's avoidant personality disorder where you're kind of like pathologically shy and you just cannot be social like to save your life. It's hard to be social and get attached to people and make friends. A lot of people have to take antidepressants for it. So it's something this this podcast is one of the, you know, at the beginning, you can see my growth, how more open I get. It's one of the ways that I try to um, and then even at some points you will hear me awkwardly blast out stuff right so like it's one of the one of my outlets to overcome that disorder i also had ocd and uh all types of um eating disorders as long as that so like i try different things to cope so it was just kind of like i was upset because i was like oh my gosh like I'm trying. This is a double-edged sword of being open. This is why I don't want to be open. This is why. And, like, it's really part of the reasons why I've been missing a lot of the podcasts. I'm like, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. And then that's why sometimes we didn't come and, like, we'll miss episodes because sometimes I feel like I'm putting myself out there too much. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's too much for me to handle, knowing, knowing that people know my business and me allowing myself to be so vulnerable when I'm not used to that at all. So I felt attacked. And then well, the only time I really felt attacked was when she brung up our relationship. Because I was like, damn, like, we don't really talk about good stuff as far as our relationship on the podcast. Like, we don't, we don't, like, we might have, we might show all the hardships we show. And then that's why I was kind of like, I want to talk about something positive. And sometimes talking about trans stuff all the time and how violent. Um, a lot of violence that that is put towards us. It could be a lot for us. So sometimes, I I want to stray away from those situations. And you know, one of my coping me- mechanisms is to just run and be a hermit. So, um, but yeah.
2: I I know the podcast for me is like when I am able to express myself and I am able to like just talk about things. And I don't mean to interrupt you. No, you it good. can be like a a, a kind of. Uh, a, a therapy session in a way Not not so much so Equivalent but in a way
1: Right right so um, Yeah I was just like uh, And I kind of was Going off for a second and I was like, see, this is why I don't wanna do this shit. Like, this is why, this is why, this is why <laughs> so like I beat myself up a lot about me being social and when is the right times to put my business out there and also even like from the whole sit- first of all, the whole situation was traumatic to me. Me laughing and stuff was a coping mechanism for me. It's kinda like, okay, this is to be expected, huh? This is the same old story, jokey joke, even though I is I know it's not a joke, it is not something to lightly like in fact i ever i mean i even consider detransitioning because of it like it's been traumatic to me as well it wasn't like i was just like oh i don't have understanding for me blah 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 wait,
0: like, wait, wait, wait 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 so you because of the auntie situation you consider detransition because of the situation mm-hmm. interesting
1: and then my parent my dad getting biblical and everybody just being so biblical to me not even knowing that i myself studied the bible <laughs> like i study it and (laughs) they like they try to beat me up so like i take it personally when people try to fuck with me and my relationship with god so it gets to me and then with avpd you you don't like rejection too so it was something like and then like it's like oh my gosh this is god like i don't want to be rejected so that whole situation has been traumatic to me as well i I'd, i'd cope and like i'd do healthy outlets to you know to help it but seeing that it kind of it fucked up my whole day I'm not gonna lie it fucked up my whole day because me and me and Mia's relationship I would say is healthy like it's been very smooth it's been real cool we could communicate like we understand each other that's just part of a relationship like we only been together for like a year so, like, all of that situation, and, you know, I'm a growing person. All of those situations from the past, they're of the past. Like, we don't have those situations anymore, any longer. And I I expect to handle the same, like, similar situations that my aunts presented to me a different way now. Because, like, one of them, it caught me off guard. One of them, I kind of ignited the fire. So, I just, it was just like... I don't know. Like I, I each time I froze up, like each time, like me and communicating is kind of like it's hard for me to express myself to people. I keep so much stuff to myself.
0: So
2: it's part of your reason commun- not being able to like be vocal to. People that are older than you, it's because you still, like, when you're in their presence, you kind of revert back to the your younger you?
1: Yeah, in a way. And then they've always instilled in me, you know, respect your elders and, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm not used to taking that that, that blatant type of this violence, like, verbal violence. So mm-hmm. it, it's just like I froze up. Like, mm-hmm. I was being sarcastic and whatnot, and I was calm through the situation with my dad there, knowing I had a level of protection <clears throat> And it was just like, I just froze up. I wasn't thinking about anybody else. Mm -hmm. It was just kind of like, I wouldn't even think about my dad's reactions. I wouldn't even think about my sister's reactions. I wasn't thinking about nobody around. I was just like, I was just there. And I was like, it was like like an outer body experience. It wasn't even like I was focusing on my reactions. Like it was just an outer body experience. And then after I was placed out of, I was like, God damn, that really hurt.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Like it wasn't until after.
2: What were you finna say, Diamond?
0: Let me say this. So, this, her response, this listener's response was about this particular situation and the context of other situations too. Mm-hmm. So, first of all, sometimes when somebody holds you accountable for your control in a situation, mm-hmm. it feels like an attack when you're not ready to accept it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay? That's true. So, what kind of what I was trying to express last week was, when you choose to battle with your family, mm-hmm. okay, you can you are purposely choosing. It's what you said. Last yeah, time. yeah, yeah. You are purposely choosing to bring this conversation up with your auntie. Mm-hmm. You have a total right to do that because mm-hmm. you are prepared for whatever happens.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: But when you add another person. To the situation that mm-hmm. is a trans person
3: mm-hmm.
0: that is not a part of this family, you have to take responsibility because you brought that person in that violent situation that you purposely started that you said you purposely started. So when we talk, I think, and I I don't want to talk for her; she's not on the show. But when I what I, when I read it. I'm thinking about multiple situations that to me, multiple, and I, I think way more than her, I know about multiple situations, right? Mm-hmm. So, multiple situations where you were obliviously selfish in the situation, multiple ones. Mm-hmm. So, now because I see the good stuff, mm-hmm. you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It hasn't brought up to me, like, is this a healthy relationship? Like, I ha- I wouldn't ask that because I, I know Mia. I know you. I see the good stuff and hear the good stuff. So, I think y'all are a healthy relationship for each other. Mm-hmm. But it's not perfect. No relationship is perfect. Yeah,
1: yeah. Don't get me wrong. I don't have a problem with her opinion. I don't have a problem of telling the truth or being account being held accountable i don't have a problem like you know me to say okay i was wrong oh yeah you right you i don't have a problem with that Mm -hmm. it was just that was that hurt me because it was just like you really wow that's the perspective you took like it made me beat myself up and it made me be like huh maybe i need to work on my relationship maybe i need to work on myself maybe but and then also it was just like I see a lot of couples relationships failing mm-hmm. when they're very involved on the internet and very involved, you know, and I, I, I I'm gonna be honest, I don't really care. I'm not the type to care for popularity. Mm-hmm. So it's just like I was like it's just hard for me to feel like <clears throat> for me to wanna be open more about my relationship.
0: When no. I read it. But see, that's mm-hmm. that's unhealthy though. Because <laughs> if somebody is if somebody is holding you accountable for a legit thing, so mm-hmm. what you're saying is I want to hide when I fuck up, so don't nobody call me an
1: Because that's that's basically what I'm like already. Like that's what I'm healing mm-hmm. from, is what I'm saying. Like that's what the my background is, me hiding. Mm-hmm. So it's just like it was just like a trigger, basically.
0: When I read then, then I would have to then, uh, go ahead, Mia.
1: <laughs> but I no, get what ahead, you're I mean, saying. I get what you're saying. Then
0: then that makes me come into the situation because I get it. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> if you're doing things that are putting her in violent situations and mm-hmm. you want to hide them, that's unhealthy for her. Then I have. then now I have to say,
1: oh, okay, Is this
0: unhealthy for you? Because Mia, because if that's what's happening, if this is how you take in being held accountable, which I get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. But if you're taking it to the point where I don't want to share things in a safe space with people who care about both of y'all. You don't know her, but she's expressing care for Mia and the relationship. And is this a healthy situation? If you are. If your response is, oh, I don't want to be open about my relationship when I'm literally being held accountable for something I did wrong, not something that you can't fix. You see what I'm saying? It's like it's not it's not the end of the world, but you did put her in a violent situation. Mm -hmm. Like literally, you literally said you did it on purpose for your selfish reasons because you wanted to get something from your aunt. And she was violently disrespected in the situation. Do I Mm -hmm. get it? Yes. But you have to when you bring somebody, it's like she's not a little child because you had control to get your ass up, too. We talked about that. Yeah, but, but I did. Yes, I'm talking about leave, leaving where you can, because you said you left and went to another room where you can still hear the violence.
2: Right, but I mean, no, no matter where I went, I was still gonna be able to hear. But I understand. Not if you
0: left, like left the house. Right. You see what I'm saying? So you still have to. It's not just him. You still have control of your environment as well. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? But I understood. You said I wanted to stay here because I didn't want to leave him yeah. in this situation. I felt like
2: he was in a situation where he was being attacked.
0: Absolutely. I get it. But it's his family. He purposely started it. He said he did. And so I think once it got to that level, it was his job to say, all right, this is going too far. I thought that we was going to have a normal conversation and I was going to see what you meant. But now it's no longer a normal conversation. It's becoming literally, not physically violent, but close to or could be. And so hmm, I'm going to get my girl out of this situation. To me, that's the responsible thing to do. To me. But, But I'm not, but you are also, as I told, I think Reagan said that, that my advice to you was right because it was crazy. And I said, but we got to understand that Z is learning. This is a part of his learning and his growing. And I don't think this will happen again. So your openness is teaching you what to look for. Because even in the conversation, when I asked you about it, you was like, oh, you kind of start questioning me. Like, did you feel a certain way? Mm -hmm. Because you hadn't thought about it. Mm -hmm. You hadn't even thought about it. And so when I brought it up, you were like, oh, I didn't, you know what I'm saying? And then you went home and thought Mm -hmm. about it. That is a part of the growing process. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean you do it again. That doesn't mean you will do it again. Even a situation like with um, Whole Foods and um, where to a person listening mind mine, it's like, how could a trans person not get what she was feeling? Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? And then when we go back to it, you were like, yeah. In the moment, you was like, oh, I feel like, ooh. I might not should have shared that, or I might I'm I'm being the bad person in this situation. And, uh, mm-hmm. but, ever since that situation, y'all hadn't talked. Y'all hadn't had one of those experiences, right? No, we haven't. Exactly. So you learn from it. But you are young. This is what's gonna happen. We're all gonna learn. We're all gonna grow. Is I just shared a, a story about me fucking a sixteen year old? Do I know what people was gonna say about it? I don't give a fuck. I'm grown. It was something that I did. Mm-hmm. Are they gonna say something bad about it? I don't know. But I'm sharing my vulnerability. I'm sharing the story. This is what the fuck happened in my fucking real life. This was happened. You want to say whatever you want to say. Cool. But I learned from that.
1: I guess it w- it just triggered me because I haven't healed from the, the situation situation. So it was just like it was just like a trigger.
2: I was going to say when I, when I read the comments, I was like, oh, like, okay. So she's basically wants some understanding and, you know, she wants to see where we are in our relationship. And I felt like it was like, kind of like, oh, you know, like, is everything okay based on what I'm seeing in the podcast? Is there more to Mm -hmm. it? Is this healthy or is it not? I just kind of want some understanding. Yes. And so, and so, I think that what we have done is kind of made the podcast is like a place to vent and like, well talk to talk about like some of our problems and like just share with people our vulnerability and show them that we are people just like other people. Mm -hmm. And just because we're trans, we go through the same thing that cisgender people do in their, in their relationships. And that was like one of my reasons why I wanted to share with the podcast, our relationship. Mm -hmm. But we, what I think we did fail to do was instead of only sharing the things that were bad that we were going through or, or some like some things that we need to get through or some learning experiences, we didn't um, equalize that with the good experiences and the good things that we've we've done with our relationship either.
0: But I think y'all do. He Just last year, not, not last year, when we were talking about last year, he sh- shared how moving in with you was one of the highlights of his experience. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I think y'all do when it's appropriate, mm. but something as big as this, yeah, you're going to talk about it. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Like negative and positive. I think mm. y'all do, y'all share the good things as well. Right. It's not it's not like any negative thing. It's not going to have as much reaction cuz right. of course I wouldn't be together if it wasn't some good things. And then when we talk about the negative, it's like when we like like when we um um it's like us talking about trans women living. Mm-hmm. It's like, "Oh yeah, we go everybody's having these great lives and da 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 da." Mm-hmm. But the ones where we're getting killed, that's going to get a reaction cuz shit we getting killed the astronomical numbers there's a there's a there's a something a sensationalizing when it comes to the negative side of anything, especially when he, when we talk about a- activism. Mm-hmm. When we talking about, should we share more positive black stories? Absolutely. we. It's tons of positive black stories out here, but it's the bad ones that make us get out of here and protest. Mm-hmm. It's the bad ones that, give, that get the reaction, that gives people in their emotions. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The good ones, it's going to get me in my happy emotions. We can deal with that. We can deal with, oh, cute. But it's the I think it was the the violence of this situation That people are going to react to Because we reacted to it That's Mm -hmm. But when y'all came in here I didn't know anything about the story right Mm
3: -hmm.
0: When y'all came in here Y'all came in here with a certain level of excitement To talk about it Mm -hmm. Am I right or wrong Yeah Yeah, I mean Because I didn't know about it
2: because I, I just i just thought it was an interesting question and we always talk about our relationship on the podcast mm-hmm. so i was like if this is a really interesting question we should definitely talk about it Yeah. so we can give some clarity yeah i just i really mm-hmm.
0: i want i want if this is it if this is becoming something unhealthy for you i want you to stop
2: what do you because mean stop
0: what z if being open on the podcast oh oh Mm-hmm. I want you to stop I don't want this to be something of harm for you mm-hmm. because that's not what I want this space to be mm-hmm. I want this space to be where we putting our shit on the table mm-hmm. you feel what I'm saying and if it's if if it's causing you some type of regression mm-hmm. and not progression I don't like being a part of that kind of space I want this to feel like a like you can be open and safe and the audience is your your people. I can't make mm-hmm. you feel that way. But I think people who listen to us care about us and their intention is not to be yes. harmful. Their intention is to just open and explore the conversation. Mm-hmm. And I think you're right for using this as your practice to be open because we are sitting in the safety of my living room. Mm -hmm. we are sitting in the in the safety of even when reagan said that i was literally saying yeah but he's learning (laughs) and you see what i'm saying like Mm -hmm. and not that what they were saying was negative it's just this is a question it's a valid question it's a valid question and i think um i don't i don't want your defensiveness of being held accountable to push you out of being vulnerable Mm -hmm. if you do that that's okay you if you if it's too much for you great i not great but i understand but i i don't think it's i don't think it's a healthy decision to want to close back up to want to um because somebody is holding you accountable for it do you see what i'm saying Mm -hmm. just change or see what what the problem was and really in this situation it was you weren't thinking about her this was the extra person. It wasn't like a sister. It wasn't like a, a brother in the situation and you're just around your family and calling out. This is a person who has nothing to do with your family. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And they're being literally disrespected in the situation. And so the only way to fix it was for you to get out because you was not forcing as, oh, I got a gun to your head, but because you were in an unsafe situation, she was forced to stay. And so you got to be unselfish and say, "Okay, this is going too far. Let me get my girl out of here. If I want to come back and have this conversation with my auntie, because I clearly wanted to do that. Cool. But she's being too disrespectful to my girl. Let me get out of get her out of here and come back and we can have all the talk that we want. You can be all disrespectful as you want. Because that's you wanted it. You wanted that kind not saying you wanted that violence, but you opened up the door for the conversation purposely. You didn't know she was gonna go crazy. But you see what I'm saying? Like and and that's okay for you to be able to handle it. You read it, you was ready. Clearly, you was ready, right? Yeah. So it's just making this decision. It's just healthy to make a decision to protect the people that you love. And if you're not doing that, people are gonna question why. Why is this a healthy situation for her If you're not doing it Do you see what I'm saying It's not Mm -hmm. to make you a bad person Because you're growing You're learning You never have been in that situation Mm -hmm. Right Neither one of you right Mm -hmm. So how you reacted to it I've been in that situation before I'm talking about with somebody's uh, uh, family Somebody else's family Your family yeah You've been in a situation with your family But you've been in a situation with other people's family disrespecting you Yes Oh Oh then you really should have got out of the situation bitch (laughs)
2: <laughs> but <laughs> it, mm.
0: with your boyfriend? No, not with my boyfriend. That's a different element. Yeah. So I think there's a difference with you being in that situation with your boyfriend that you feel like is in an unsafe situation. You don't want to leave him. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? But when you with your friend, like if you with a friend and you're in a situation where their family is disrespecting you, and you stayed in it, then
2: oh no, I I just. I've been in situations where I was disrespect, disrespected, but no, I did not say it.
0: And you just left?
2: I didn't I didn't really just not stay in there. I kinda just went off. I didn't have no Oh, strength. you went off. <laughs> like, oh, okay, remember, right. Remember <laughs> when I was self disciplined. Yeah, you didn't. That have wasn't it. me. Okay, yeah.
0: So it's it's not about you did something wrong, it's you didn't make the right decision. Because you had never been in a situation. And so it's about it's about learning from the situation and making the right decision the next time. And the right decision to me, now I don't. I, if you think of something else would have been the right decision, that's on you. Cool. But the right decision from the outside, I wasn't there. But on the outside looking in, the right decision was to have said, "Okay, this is going too far, and I need to get her out of this situation." That would have been the unselfish, protective way to handle the situation, and it didn't happen. Does that make sense? Yeah. Am I tripping?
2: Mm-mm. Okay. I How do you feel, Z? Right now?
0: Yeah. I'll, I'll be real. I mean, everybody's right.
1: <laughs> I'm not being and sarcastic. I'm not trying to be right. Either. Yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm not being explain. sarcastic. Yeah, it's
0: just like mm, I would be feeling dumb sometimes. It's not dumb. <laughs> it's just dumb? it's a learn. It's not dumb. It's just a learn. You're learning. Yeah. like this is a you're you're new to transition you're new to these situations you're new to um this type of relationship
2: i'm new i was new to the situation too i'm like this is my first relationship so like i've never been in a predicament where i was with someone else's family and like all of this is new to me Mm -hmm. so like it gave it was an eye-opener for me as well yeah
0: I think if you take it as a learning moment and not as an attack or just as a a discussion about the situation, I think taking it as an attack is 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 not missing the blessing in the
2: conversation. I think one of these um one of these some of these feelings is and I don't mean to speak for you but um like you feel like sometimes he feels like dang like I'm always being attacked like what hey, what is everybody gonna say about me this week and mm-hmm. sometimes he feels like hey like did you have to say that like now mm-hmm. everybody's gonna think I'm this big evil person <laughs> and so I can understand that and some so sometimes I'm like oh damn well maybe I should have talked to you about it before we presented it. Cause sometimes I'm really freelance and I just be like,
1: boom. I can't too though. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And it, it happens both ways, but, um, that, that, I think that's one of his concerns. Like that I don't want to feel like mm-hmm. I'm the villain in the relationship. And you know, these are the only aspects that our viewers are hearing. They're not hearing the entire things or mm-hmm. the stuff that I do and like specific stuff. They're only hearing, those tidbits, and so heard, he does, they mm-hmm. hear
0: how you have him, how you have him under these cis head norm rules,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and that's problematic. And we've talked about that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So what's the difference? It's learning. Yeah,
2: it's 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 no difference. But I'm just saying how the aspect of is like more things that he's being under the bus for versus me, and I think, I think that it can my- seem like. He's being attacked more often.
1: It's just my it's just my internal. Nobody's actually literally like. Well,
2: I wouldn't say attack, but tweeting just me
1: all the time saying me <laughs> shouldn't be together. But it's my own internal conflict mostly. Uh, like okay. me saying just a minute ago, I'm dumb. It's just like I feel like I'm dumb. It's real
0: because you didn't notice.
1: Yeah, it. Yeah, it's really how I feel. But like I have issues.
0: And we all we
3: have all issues. Have yeah. issues. Yeah. Yeah. we all have
0: issues. That's not that's not normal. Is, and I think the reason why this feels like a therapy session to you and to me and to uh, but you, you, but
2: Dami, we do have to understand that all of us are different in different places in our life and transition. You're you're 22. I'm 29. Z- Diamond is. I'm thirty-seven. 37. 37. next month. We are in complete different stages of growth mm-hmm. too, as well. So we all have different learning curves that we're mm-hmm. going through as well.
0: And I, 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 and then me particularly, there are certain things like I we just talked about before we started. Ooh, I sound there like is, a cougar. <laughs> <laughs> there, there is, there is
2: Can you cut that out? Don't put our ages in there. <laughs> 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 I feel like R. Kelly for a moment. <laughs> he's 22 ah! <laughs> you're 28 True I'm 28
1: yes 28 <laughs> so um I'm a cougar lover though go ahead
2: <laughs> wow But so we just going give me an amen thank you so much
0: I think a lot of time because of your age you're gonna go through more learning curves than us because we've had experience to do but to already be doing things so when we talk Mm. about a current situation usually we already have some context and lived experiences where we know how to respond to that situation Mm. you see what i'm saying so i think that's one of that's another element where you are literally going through your new transition Mm. you see what i'm saying so there's going to be some things that you stumble on that you're um you know that you that you didn't think about that you're going to be blindsided about, and I think that's normal, and I think that's one of the elements that you bring to the table. Because when am I going to experience? I don't met a million motherfucking mamas and aunties and uncles, and like I, I don't remember. I don't. I don't. I don't know when I'm going to experience that experience ever again. If it, uh-huh. you feel what I'm saying? I'm gonna. I I'm, might, I'm but I I can't. <laughs> I already have context to it, so I know the right things to say about that. Uh-huh. You see what I'm saying? Because I've I've met mamas, I met cousins that didn't like me because I was trans. I've, I, you get what I'm saying? I've been in situations similar to that where I've thought it through enough for years to know how to handle the situation to make it be safe for myself. And so, um so yeah, so you are learning. I Mm -hmm. think that's really what the bottom line of this part of the conversation is you are learning there are going to be stumbles and it's just what it is (laughs) yeah it's just what it is and I think that's a part of you know learning and growing and becoming an adult that you know. If you're in a situation again, will you get out of it? I hope you would. Baby, we're in the situation again,
2: it might be a twelve. It might be. That's the third strike, bitch. Yeah. That's a, that's all you wrote with. In my book, bitch, I'm the old school fish. Yeah. I'm at. Oh, I'm not nah. that old girl. Nah. But but think. What's her name again? Sid. Sid, thank yeah. you, Sid, for that question because I, I feel, even though I'm, I'm looking around the room as we talk, it, it is some it's some positive things going on and mm-hmm. some healing that I see going on, and I think
0: I don't need no healing. I just wanted to make it clear. I I, 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 wasn't, I wasn't traumatized. I just was on the outside looking in. I, it looked, but so. For me, when I'm in a situation, like say we go to a club. Mm -hmm. When I'm in a situation, when I'm at the club with y'all, I'm going to always be thinking about y'all's safety. Mm -hmm. Like, how is this situation making me uncomfortable? How is this situation making Z uncomfortable? How is this situation becoming dangerous? Like, if I get in a twirl with somebody, I'm going to be like, who am I with? Like, do I want to make this situation get ugly? Like, say y'all went not but I know you. I don't you, never think yeah,
2: like that. I do. Whenever I'm about to, like, whenever I get into it, I don't think about who I'm with. And All I think I can that's focus a part of on. your selfish side, too. I just, it'd be <laughs> like, well, bitch, if you with me, what you going to do? I'm sorry. I t- apologize later.
0: And in my younger years, I was like that.
2: Mm.
0: Yes. Yeah, so in my younger years, I was like, shit, it's going to get popped out. Dah, dah, dah. But now I'm about to send everybody to jail. <laughs>
2: Yeah, no, everybody about it can to be, like that that. Can be very. You know,
0: researched. it's 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 certain things that I think about, and so when I'm listening to that situation, it's like Brandon. When my mama stayed here with Brandon, my mama would read the fuck out of Brandon. Really? Read the f- like she would get drunk and baby go ham, and so I literally would have to say, "Mama, you need to stop." Because this is making me uncomfortable that you're reading my friend. And this is my mama. Like, stop. First of all, this ain't your house. I don't need you reading him about nothing. Stop. <laughs> so that's a, I'm I'm conscious of how a person is feeling. Cause he wouldn't do he wouldn't be doing anything. And just because she's drunk. Now me, you can read me. I'm used to your drunk ass. But because my friend was in the situation my mind went to how is my friend handling this situation Mm -hmm. do you see what I'm saying and so I have a context to bring to this situation that y'all are in so I'm like oh well why wouldn't he why would he just let you like my mind immediately went to why would he just let you just sit in this situation Mm -hmm. and so you get what I'm saying because I had a context if Mm -hmm. maybe if I hadn't been in a situation where my friend was being wore out I didn't have it Mm -hmm. and so that's why I would question it um, why Why I brought up the question like come on you got to think about this you got to think about the danger of it you got to think about the uncomfortableness of it you got to think about it because you can't yes I know I want to get the tea out I'm I'm that person where I'll start a conversation with my family just to get the tea out mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm that person too mm-hmm. but it's when it's I'm by myself yeah. because I can deal with it but if I had somebody else with me I got to think about them too that's just not being selfish but anyway I think that was a show y'all yeah,
1: yeah. On the other side, it? I appreciate all y'all's feedback, though. I really do. That's yes,
2: because I seen um, one person was like, <laughs> they had a meme where they ran up to somebody and smacked the fuck out of them. <laughs> I had keyed at that. That was so funny to me.
0: So, yes, thank y'all for the feedback. And, yeah, we're we, we going to stumble. I got a stumbling coming up that I'm going to talk about. And you know that's just what it is we're learning and growing and that's just how life goes we don't claim to know everything about transness we don't claim to um you know be the end all be all say about transness but we do got some motherfucking lived experiences and we sharing them i'm totally imperfect
1: i'm totally, totally totally so
0: you know we thank you for listening and we hope that we, you're learning something with us. Yes. <laughs> All right. Good night. Good, Good morning. morning. <laughs> well, that's it. Thank you for coming and getting a taste of Marsha's Plate. You can listen to us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Make sure you leave a review because we really need those five stars, y'all.
2: And go like our Facebook page and leave some comments. We'll be posting exclusive content every Thursday, so you definitely don't want to miss out.
1: You can also follow us on Twitter and any other social media site at Marsha's Plate. If you'd like to donate or advertise with us, hit us up at diamondstyles at gmail.com. That's diamond, S-T-Y-L-Z,
0: at gmail.com. And that's it for us, y'all. Bye. Bye bye. You gonna say bye, Bye. Mia?
2: Oh, bye, (laughs) y'all.
0: Every little thing's gonna be all right. Oh, don't you worry about a thing.